that's it. Welcome to another exciting edition of Realities May Vary, uh, the podcast that, you know, whatever. We just do whatever. Cody is back. Look at him. That's Cody Goff. What, uh, what are you drinking tonight? Something fancy, it looks like. I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb. Revolution Brewing's Lumberstruck Barley Wine is... Lumberstruck! Black Barley Wine Ale aged in wine barrels. Brian, this is... This is one of my, this might be my favorite beer Revolution's ever released. Really? I love it. I this love it. It's part of the it. Deep Woods series, for those who don't know. Yeah. And if you're watching the video, you saw me tapping the side. I started tapping the top of the can. You know how some people tap the top of yeah. the can, right, to reduce uh, the carbonation? That is a myth. You're supposed to tap the side of the can. Is that right? It, you are, because that's where the bubbles would tend to congregate. So well, you actually. And we don't want carbonation? Well, no, it's just like if there's a bubble, if it's going to explode. There was no reason for me to do it at all. There's no reason whatsoever. But Showbiz. You were doing it for it. showbiz. I did it for show. But then after I started tapping at the top, I'm like, that's not science. Yeah, pro tip. If you shake up a can, if you have a if you whatever. Shake up, pro tip. Don't, wanna, can I give a pro tip? Don't shake up a can of stuff. Yeah, say, yeah, that's a good, that's a better pro tip. All right. Uh, well, that's Cody. I'm Brian. Uh, Dude, you look like you're. I love the look. You've got the new glasses. You got a hat. You don't wear I do, hats. I do. Uh, well, I wear hats uh, when I don't uh, do my hair. But have you been hanging out with Craig? Did he get you on no. the hat train? No, I have. I've always had hats. Uh, mm -hmm. I wore them a lot more when I had really short hair. When but you uh, really short hair. When I hat really short hair. But now, I mean, now my hair looks awful. So I just put my put a hat on today because I didn't. Uh, I've been running around, so I didn't have time. But yeah, it's a different. Uh, you know, it's a different aesthetic. I didn't shave today either. I, <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. I'm finished. I've had it. Um, well, welcome back. This is I. I we I have to get to your Texas trip, or we have to get to your Texas trip. But I just want to take a minute because today is an anniversary of an event that I didn't realize down the line would come to mean so much to me. Today is the 17th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. Mm. And I, rem I remember that also means it's the 17th anniversary of me driving across the country in my Buick Roadmaster station wagon, burgundy in color with the wood siding, uh, with the two dogs, moving back to Chicago from Los Angeles. Debbie and Molly had already come back. We, the dogs and I were the last ones out of the house. We waited for the movers. And then the final night we slept on uh, an air mattress in an empty house. Just the two dogs and I huddled in our, huddled in the master bedroom like derelicts. And then we drove, we drove the first night, the, we stayed at La Quinta in uh somewhere in new mexico because that was the only place that would allow pets and then the next day we were driving across on the 29th of august and i remember listening non-stop to am radio and coverage of hurricane katrina hitting new orleans and back then i was like oh man that sucks i've always wanted to go to new orleans little did i know that 17 years later i would have such a close connection and deep love for that city a daughter that went to college there. And a, well, yeah, that's that's part of the reason. That's the one of the big reasons that we had so much of a connection there. And I remember um going down on the 10th anniversary, there was Molly was in school then, and there was a uh 
or go about to go into school. They did a big 10th anniversary uh, exhibition on campus. It was heartbreaking. And I remember driving through the lower ninth years after Katrina while Molly was in school and still seeing houses with the FEMA X on them and all of that stuff. But it's amazing. Like as soon as I, like I didn't remember today was the thing. I saw a news story this morning that it was the anniversary and I could immediately picture exactly where I was when I heard the news. Do you have events like that, that you can, you can remember exactly where you were? Um, Sure, we like all you remember do. where you were when nine eleven when you heard about nine eleven? Yep. Where were you? Uh, yeah, you uh my high school trigonometry class. The the teacher said something on our way out the door. He said something like, uh, "Oh yeah, I might want to see what's going on in New York." Or, or he was a kind of a kooky teacher, and he just said something really oblique. It was very strange. And then I went to uh, my my graphic design class. And wow, trigonometry and graphic design. You were like a brainiac. Yeah. Well, across the hall from the graphic design class in the tech wing, there was a class that just stopped doing whatever they were doing and just put on the TV and a bunch of people congregated. And I I think the rumor was that one of the girls in the class had a family member on one of the flights. Oh, geez. Like a cousin or aunt or uncle or something. I I never, I don't know. You know, I was 17, well, no, I was 16. So, uh, I don't, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And then I went home and watched it all <laughs> on the TV. Uh, what about, I know, but I know there's other things where I remember. Yeah, Well, that's what I was asking. I was, yeah, I was yeah. asking for an example. Yeah. Like when you get fired from a place, Okay, you know, where you were, I, I knew I was fired. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that's, that's something that happened right to you. I'm talking about like a big world event. Uh, like we were in, we were in, uh, Philadelphia. Wait, hold on. We're two weeks early for this, Brian. For what? 9-11. No, I'm talking about just in general because I brought up uh, the the thing. I also remember exactly where I was. Last week was, or the other day, was the 25th anniversary of Princess Diana dying. Mm. We were at my brother Dennis and my sister-in-law Renee's wedding in Philadelphia on that day because uh, it was right at their their wedding. And Molly's first birthday were right around the same time. And Diana died that weekend. I remember being in the car with my dad driving uh, when, or I was riding, he was driving, I was very young, when the first moon landing happened and listening to it on the radio. Wow. And, and looking up in the sky thinking, because I was a dumb little kid, that I'd be able to see the astronauts up there. Maybe with the right binoculars. <laughs> I actually remember where I was. When Chris Jericho upset Triple H for the world championship on Raw, I was in a hotel with my parents in Florida. Okay. Weird. And I also remember where I was when Owen Hart died, tragically, WWF backlash. I was. My I remember that too. Yeah, my friend's basement watching the pay-per-view. Uh, I'd imagine. I remember, I remember being in my parents' playroom when The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels fought in his best match. Pretty. I am sensing, I'm sensing a pattern with your memories. These are big events, Brian. These are big, the big events. Yeah. And yet the other world events, maybe, you know, you can recall them a little, but the, the wrestling has made a big impact on your life, hasn't it? I remember exactly where we were sitting when we found out that our second child will be a, uh, a girl. Oh. And I remember exactly the scenario when my spouse told me who won the 2016 election, which I actually went, I wanted to go to bed. We were in bed. 
I was yeah. like, I don't care who wins. Let's just go to bed. I literally didn't care. <laughs> Which in retrospect is, I don't care. Seems very strange. No, I was, I literally, I was so mad about Bernie not being the nominee. I literally didn't care. And when she told me it was Trump, I literally didn't care. I shrugged and I was like, well, maybe he'll do something good. And then I went to bed. That was it. I didn't wow. care. Yeah. And yeah, look what maybe. happened. You're, look what your apathy wrought. It <laughs> look what your apathy voted, has wrought on this country. I voted right. and not for him, by the way. I understand. Uh, hello to everybody who is uh, in the uh, chat. We are happy to have you around uh, tonight, as always. Yes, Diana died on the 31st because Molly's birthday was is the 28th, which was yesterday. And then my brother got married on, that was Labor Day weekend. The beginning so that was all the the confluence of events molly actually told debbie that she thought i forgot her birthday when when's her birthday now her birthday was yesterday oh. and i had already sent her flowers uh debbie and i got her something and by that i mean debbie had picked something out and i was like what's that and she goes it's molly's birthday present i said oh that's nice and then i always have sent something separate you know like some flowers or whatever and uh, Debbie said, are you sending Molly flowers this year? And I was like, yeah, um, you know, her birthday's Sunday. So I thought maybe she'd, I'd have them get there Saturday. She goes, Why don't you try to get them there Thursday? Because she's got uh, friends coming in, you know, some friends flew in, they had a big party, whatever. It was very nice. Well, I've lately I've been, I've been confused on the weeks. You know what I mean? Like, I think I thought we were already at Labor Day, and then now this week I think Labor Day is next weekend, but it's it's this weekend. So this is an, an issue with calendars because we've had a lot of time off requests coming in, and my our CEO has scheduled things on Fridays before when it's like the Friday before Memorial Day or before uh, Labor Day, and and then you look at it and you're you're either like why are so many people out or you don't even think about it. Right. And then it, then you look at the next week, you're like oh right, everyone in America will basically be taking a half day. Yeah. So it's like, you don't really, I mean, all our, all our clients are off, right? Like radio stations get a go. It's, anyway, you, you know that what I'm saying. No, I get it. And so, but, so I've been just confused about the weeks. So she shows up here, mm. I don't know, Tuesday, Wednesday with Walter. And I'm like, what's Walter doing here? She goes, well, he's here. Cause my friends are coming for my birthday. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. She thought I forgot her birthday there's no chance i forgot her birthday I, I so thursday she gets the flowers and she sends me a text with a picture of the flowers thank you for the flowers i'm like oh you're welcome i hope you enjoy them have fun with your friend then yesterday i sent her a text you know happy birthday i love you blah 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 hey look i didn't forget just to kind of hmm, yeah, dig it in a little bit uh because that's what i do but then, but her birthday is still ongoing because we, she came today to pick up Walter and we gave her her presents and we're taking her out to dinner on Thursday. So her birthday is going on and on. She went to, you know, she had friends in, they went out, they had a big party. We were not invited. I'm kidding. I, I'm not going to go to some birthday party. <laughs> That's that. So yes. So a lot's been, a lot's been, I, I have, first of all, I'm glad you're safe because last week, when uh, I'm looking down at my notes, and I almost said last week when Lawson was here. No, last week when Roger was here. Mm. Roger was here with me last week. 
I forgot about that. And I was stuck in the airport and I, I realized like an hour into it, I was like, Oh man, I should like tune in and you make a chat on. or something. But I, I, right when I loaded it, you'd stop because they didn't go, you didn't go as long as we usually go. So. No, we went about an hour. Well, cause I love Roger. He was trying to show us his garden and he did kind of, but his, his Wi-Fi was very wonky. Mm. Uh, so there were some connection issues, but we got to see it. But the, the focus was, we didn't know if you were going to survive because you were heading down to Texas. Uh, and all we kept seeing on the news was flash floods and Texas was just going, uh, going to hell in a handbasket more so than usual. Uh, Ted Cruz, I heard was just telling people to drive really fast on flooded roads. Uh, and that would be better than having pro-choice. So there was a lot, uh, a lot happening down there. What happened to you going to Dallas? I mean, not, I just had a delay of a couple hours and, and we're just kind of waiting by the gate and I don't know. Then we got on went for me. It was very little, right? Like I, I basically the flight left a couple hours late. Okay. All right. Whatever. I'm stuck in terminal five. Very, there's some adventures in terminal five. Uh, but then yeah, I landed and like the, the road was wet. It looked like it had rain, but there, I didn't see anything underwater. Oh, really? And there was no flooding little, where you were? No, oh, Uber to the hotel. Disappointing. No, Uber to the hotel. There was some wet roads and then I went in the hotel and I didn't really look outside for four days <laughs> at a conference. So, uh, but when I did go outside or look outside, I mean, it was, it was actually like a hundred degrees and humid the whole time. And I was like, this is awful, but no rain. So I like, it, oh. Like literally, unless you and many other people hadn't been, uh, unless unless you and everybody else had been uh, texting me like, "Oh my God, Dallas is crazy right now," I wouldn't have had any idea. I would have had no. I would have been like, "Oh, that, delayed flight." Really? That's well. I'm no, glad. I'm glad you're okay. But I was expecting. I wanted some Noah's Ark kind of stories. Like you had to take a raft from the. Uh, like you had to take a raft from the uh, airport over to the hotel because all the news footage made it seem like the entire state of Texas was underwater. I mean, maybe. So when we landed, we had to wait for about a half hour on the plane before we could deplane because there's like a traffic jam in the runway. But I didn't care. I had my video games on me. I'm like, whatever. And you don't was... want to get off the plane immediately after it hits the ground? Absolutely not. I need uh, the, the minute I, I unbuckle the minute we're on the ground. I don't wait for the light to go off. I need to get off that plane. No, I don't care if it's a two hour flight, an eight hour flight. I'm the minute, the minute I hear the screech of the wheels, I'm gone. I got my Nintendo switch. I'm literally in the middle of a run of Hades. I'm looking out the, <laughs> the window. I'm about to get to the last boss. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, I do have enough time to beat the boss before we land. And everyone starts unbuckling and running around. Right? Yeah, cool. So we land and then they're like half hour. I'm like, great. So I started another run of the game and I just, it killed a bunch of monsters. It was great. It was great. I'm very, well, very comfortable on plane. The second I sit down on a plane, it's like genetics. I have to pull out my switch. A little tough with the kids. I don't do it with my kid. But when I fly solo, it's like paradise for me. Because wow. I completely unplug. And I have no responsibilities. And when I'm playing my video games, I don't care that I'm in a small cramped space. And that like I'm packed in like a can of sardines. I don't care about my physical body. I just like... I, <laughs> Wow. I exit my corporeal form, and uh, that that's kind of that's all she wrote. Uh, Sandy, wow. by the way, in the chat saying Cody Soundless, he had a cold or just woke up. I lost my voice Thursday at the iHeartRadio after party. Oh. I, was, I was screaming all night and drank a lot. And uh, anyway, so my voice is 
a little bit getting back. But earlier today, I had a call with a client and he said, you have a really great radio voice. And I was like, well, I don't. I don't. I'm just very low right now. But yeah, that's, you uh, that's yeah. what's going on. Was it a lady client? Did you get her all excited? One of the people on the call was a lady, but that wasn't really. Anytime somebody tells me I have a radio voice when I'm doing a game or something for Trivia Hub, it's always the ladies. Oh, you have a great radio voice. Really? And I'm like, hello. That's actually code. Is it? That's actually code for please have sex with me on a piano. Man, if only these weren't virtual, if only these weren't virtual events and more uh, in-person piano recitals, I'd be, who knows what I'd be up to. Never, you, do not let Brian ever go to a piano recital. Oh, cause... Don't let me go to a piano recital. One, because they're mostly for little kids who can't play piano. Two, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just... It's not not good at all. Um, Mike wants to know. I was we were talking about Walter and Lawson. Wants to know who's less likely to walk up the stairs. Mike had asked. Um, I posted a picture of Gidget the other day because I finally know how old Gidget is, uh, because it was I couldn't remember. I knew she was. I knew she was about twelve or thirteen. Well, a memory popped up on Facebook of the day we brought her home twelve years ago, and I know so I know she's twelve years and two months. So now I know her birthday's in June, and next June she'll be 13. Anyway, Mike, or somebody posted on a comment, is that the dog that's always up in the office with you? And I said, no, um, or yes, you know, something about, oh, I, there was a picture of Lawson on something. And is that the dog that goes up? I said, no, that's Gidget. Lawson is too lazy to come upstairs. Now, almost as if Lawson is monitoring my Facebook accounts, Lawson has started following us up the stairs. <laughs> I came home Friday night. I had, been, I had a show Friday night, which is a whole other story. Oh. But I come home and Lawson, Lawson runs into the living room. He's jumping around and I give him a treat and then he disappears. And I'm like, Oh, he must've gone downstairs. Cause sometimes he'd go in the basement and lay on the, the couch down there. Usually he's in the living room, either on his bed or on the couch. So I watch some TV. I go up to bed. It's dark. I my door's kind of slightly ajar, and Debbie was in the other room because Walter was here. So she was sleeping with Walter to keep him calm. I turn on the light, and there's Lawson's giant dog ass on my bed, and I freaked out because <laughs> he's he hasn't been upstairs here, and I'm not exaggerating in like a year and a half. Wow. He just stopped once Walter started coming over here. Lawson stopped coming upstairs, which is why we bought him a bed and put it down in the living room. So now I'm trying to get him off the bed so I can go to bed. And every time I reach for him, he's rolling. He's rolling to one side of the bed. Then I go around to that side of the bed. He'd roll to the other side. I was like, this son of a bitch is trying to taunt me. He would not. He kept rolling. And then he'd like roll out his belly. So I finally get him off. He comes in here to the office where Gidget is asleep on her bed and he lays down on top of Gidget. Then he go, then she gets up and goes downstairs. Then he ran, jumped back on my bed. I'm like, this is nuts. Today, just, he just left. He just left here uh, two minutes before because I was coming upstairs. He follows me up. He jumps on our bed. Then he came in here, did the same thing, pushed Gidget off her bed and just sat next to me and, and looked at me while I was getting ready to do the show. So for those of you who are asking, 
I don't know what's up with Lawson, but he has decided um, to shake off the shackles of laziness and become uh, a puppy again. And it takes a lot for him. He's like 85 pounds. It takes a lot for him to get a running start and then leap up onto our bed. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen young. him. You've seen him. He's, he's nuts. Wow. Yeah. I knew a, a, a woman that had a little staircase next to her bed so her little mini dog could actually climb up and get in the bed with her. Yeah, I know a daughter who has one of those. Oh, interesting. <laughs> My brother Patrick used to have a ramp for his dog to get in the car because his dog just got too big to jump up anymore. So he just he got him a ramp and he would just amble upstairs. Doot, 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 doot. That's funny. Sally's saying he might be senile. I don't think he's senile. I think, you know what I think it was? Friday night, uh, everybody was up here. Because he gets very jealous when Walter's here. Hmm. Very, very jealous. So Walter was upstairs. Gidget was upstairs. De Debbie was upstairs. And I wasn't home. So he must have thought, well, I got to get up where everybody else is. You know, I've never seen your office. That's probably best. You've watched my kid like four times. And I've gone upstairs right. where your bathroom is, right outside your office. I've never actually looked in to see where your set is like. It's not like I live in a, a palatial estate that you, you know, I don't let you in the, it's not like Graceland where you don't get to go upstairs to the private quarters. Yeah. I don't, you're, I think you're what, six feet away when you come it, out of the bathroom to the door that comes into the office. It's never occurred to me. It's never occurred to me somehow to peek in, to look into the place where the guy I talk to once a week actually records from. You've seen my setup like twice. Sure. I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh, well, well I've asked things, to so. see your setup. You, you're very apathetic when you come over here. You don't really care. Well, you just want to drop your kid off so you can go drink. I mean, the kid's so cute, though. He is. We're looking forward to his visit next week or a week from Friday. I am. I he is as well. He is he coming. Is we well. will. Uh, we will see him. That's good. All right. So wait, we got to get back. So you made it to the thing. When's Mark Cuban coming on the show? I. All right. So first of all. <laughs> Because I, I ask, they're opening a chicken salad place in Batavia, so I won't have to drive to East Peoria to get the chicken salad. Oh, man. I was actually more likely to get Ben Shapiro. Oh, well, oh. Mm. Oh. So here's the celebrity situation. Mark Cuban was on a panel. <laughs> I think I slept through it. So oh, my flight, I thought I you were going to say, I think I slept with him. What? No. Monday night, because the flight was delayed, I didn't get in until close to one. Didn't really get to the hotel till like two, two thirty, and then I had to iron my shirts because I wanted to look presentable. So I didn't go to bed till like three thirty, oh. and I had to meet my boss at eight a.m. the next morning. So I got no sleep the first night, and then the second night I kind of powered through on like six hours, and then uh, the, after the second full day, I was there. I was like, I am skipping the after party. I'm going to bed at like nine, and I'm not going to set an alarm. And I believe that's the day I slept through his keynote. I slept through his keynote either that day or the previous day. Anyway, I didn't see his keynote, so I didn't see Mark Cuban. Okay. I also did not see Paris Hilton, who DJed last, the last events party, not this one. I'm an idiot. She was not there. That's fine. Damn. And the celebrity that did show up was Ben Shapiro. Did you hear about this whole thing that happened with Ben Shapiro on site? I did not. Give, give people who might not know who Ben Shapiro is a little background on Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro talks like this, and he's a virgin. That's all I know. All right. So, <laughs> I'm, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a whiny POS. So, um, a conservative talk show host. 
He's a far right conservative talk show host. I've actually re- I've actually recorded my podcast in the same studio right after he used it or right before he used it. It was like, oh yeah, Ben Shapiro was sitting where you were like earlier. I'm like, cool. And uh, when we used to record some stuff at NBC Tower, yeah, he, yeah, he's a he's like a super far right commentator. He's kind of smarmy, like annoying. Um, has like a cult following. I, I've actually weirdly liked a couple things he did. Like he interviewed Andrew Yang early on in like the 2016 or one of the camp, whatever. I liked Andrew Yang and he talked to him and gave him a sh- fair shot. It was like, that's cool. But mostly he's just kind of like a jerk, uh, I think, to people. So when you walked into the podcast, so podcast movement is the biggest podcast uh, convention in the country. It's for industry, yeah. learn how to sell your podcast, learn how to monetize, learn how to get an audience, all this other stuff. So downstairs, they've got all these vendors in the hotel, like 50 vendors you can visit. And then you go up the escalator and there's a bunch of big speaker rooms where you could go to panels and stuff. And outside of that, there were the four like mega vendors. So they had Amazon Wondery Art 19, which is Amazon's like podcast arm. They had Triton Digital, I think, or Cumulus Media, right? Which is like the giant radio conglomerate. They had um, one other one, Midroll Stitcher, Sirius XM, basically that combo. So those are big okay. players. And then the Daily Wire Plus. So the Daily Wire Plus is Ben Shapiro's media company. Oh. They're currently the fourth or fifth biggest podcast publisher. So they're huge, right? Yeah. And you go up the escalator and they're right there. And they've got the Daily Wire booth. And there's a bunch of big pictures of Ben Shapiro, Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, and a couple other like right or or chaotic neutral political commentators. It's right there when you go upstairs. There's nothing at the booth. There's no one to talk to. There was like a background you could take a picture with, but I didn't, they weren't doing anything. So here's what happened. Uh, podcast movement is like, it's one of these organizations that takes like the most far left kind of political stance, right? Like the most important thing is diversity. The most important thing is this, like all we're going to talk about is this most, you know, just like real, real constant virtue signaling and like yeah. occasionally actually doing something kind of like actually helpful, but like just a lot of just like constant rhetoric, all the, all the, all the woke rhetoric you can think of. This is yeah. podcast movement as an organization, right? And that's fine. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just describing it as objectively as I can. Right. So picture that, Brian. So picture a very woke organization that's all about like, you know, they give out buttons and it's like, put your pronouns here. And we're like, super, you know, here's the trans panel and here's the like black podcasters panel and like all these like women in podcasting panels and all that and throw all that. And then square that against Ben Shapiro, the super conservative commentator. That's one of these guys that's kind of like, you know, illegal immigrants are taking our jobs and like right. abortion definitely should be illegal, that kind of stuff. And one of the guys who weirdly enough, as a Jewish guy, is often criticized for being anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But so th- this is the stage. I think I set a pretty vivid stage, right? You have yes, a very yes. far left con- convention and then that. So whatever, Daily Wire is there. I don't care. No one, I don't think a lot of people cared. Well, Ben Shapiro showed up at this event. And Ben Shapiro, he's also like very prominent. Like he's like a million, mega millionaire, like very influential, right? A lot of people, yeah. a lot of people are fans of this guy. So Ben Shapiro shows up. He shows up like an hour. He just like says some hi to some people, got a few photos and then just left. He just, he's like, a, he, I don't know. He owns the Daily Wire or founded it or is part of it or whatever. Did that and leaves. Okay, fine. So, Brian, here's what happened. And it's directly connected to me because it's very annoying. Oh, boy. 
uh, podcast movement tweets, the official podcast movement Twitter account uh, on August 22nd, a couple, couple tweets in this thread. Hi folks, we owe you an apology. Before sessions kick off for the day, yesterday afternoon, Ben Shapiro briefly visited the podcast expo area near the Daily Wire booth. Though he was not registered or expected, we take full responsibility for the harm done by his presence. That's the wow. first tweet, Brian. Okay, I'm I'm gonna well, I'll, react, react to I'll that. wait react till to that. I, no, I'll let you react, you to, react that to that one. What do you think of that? If you are such a fragile little baby <laughs> that a guy being in a convention center does you harm, maybe you need to get off podcasting and just sit in a dark corner and cry with your therapist because you are obviously too weak to be out in society. You can disagree with somebody all you want, but to go, I caught a glimpse of him and it was as if I had seen the candy man in my mirror. It was horrifying. He just walked by me and his evil presence shook me to the core. I was triggered and traumatized and called for my mommy. Like I did when I was in utero. Shut up. <laughs> I'm really glad I prefaced this by slamming Ben Shapiro. Cause anybody tuning in is just going to be like, Oh, this is a really far right podcast. No, no, this no, is not a no. far right podcast. This is a, this is a podcast of, Common sense, yeah, and the, our opinion. Okay, tweet no, number two because right, tweet number one has me revved up. Now I wish I had a drink. All I have is water. No, that's the funniest thing because like a lot of people on the right, clearly, obviously, the right. Uh, I hate these terms, but a the lot right of, of the left. a lot of conservatives like Ben Shapiro, of course, are like their hair catches on fire. They're freaking out. But all of my liberal friends were texting me, being like, "What the hell are they doing? Yeah, Everybody what's." <laughs> what's going on with pod podcast movement or pod nod or baby pods or whatever <laughs> what Here, here's the second tweet all right there's no way around it we agreed to sell the daily wire a first-time booth based on the company's large presence in podcasting the yeah. weight the weight of that decision is now painfully clear shapiro is a co-founder a drop-in however unlikely should have been considered a possibility all right. Uh, I don't like to lump myself in with groups, but I guess we do podcasts. So we are, you're, you're a podcast professional. I guess I'm a podcaster as well. Uh, what was this, is this billed as just a liberals only convention or is this a podcast convention for all podcasters and all podcasts? Because right now it sounds like, you know, you're you have the he-man conservative haters club like the little rascals and ben shapiro kicked in the door and just ran through on fire and everybody's like oh and he went up and he made fun of you know liberals and he uh called a woman abroad and then he uh he slapped a gay guy on the ass and giggled like a silly person and then ran away he just from what from what i'm saying it uh, he just walked in right yeah he just went he to his booth walked in. he literally went to walked the booth of his company, yeah, to the booth he paid for of a company that is well known to be his and host podcasts that maybe some of the little babies are not do not like. I don't like a thing Ben Shapiro has to say, but if I saw him, I wouldn't melt. 
I, ah! I wouldn't run away like the boogeyman had just come in. Like, hey, I'm so scared. Help me. And then I would have dove under the table and held your legs. And then, please, Cody, don't let the evil man with the conservative thoughts look at me because he'll turn me to stone. It'll be like Medusa. Oh, I'll have snakes. It'll be just be horrible. This makes me hate most podcasters even more. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, there's, there's, there's a couple more uh, tweets. I can't wait. But I, my I blood agree with pressure the... is not high enough. <laughs> and I agree with everything you and the chat are saying. Those of you who called this unacceptable are right. No, you're In not. Nine... <laughs> Sorry. In nine wonderful years growing and celebrating the medium, Podcast movement has made mistakes. The pain caused by this one will always stick with us. We wow, then you have no other problems in your life. Congratulations, you mamby-pamby little bitches. We promise that sponsors will be more carefully considered moving forward. Um, look, the podcast movement stands for diversity and inclusion, Brian. Right. Okay? And everybody, so by has a, everybody has a platform to speak. Right, everyone gets a platform to speak. So when you know when you it, it, so it makes sense. I think what they say is very reasonable, right? Like if someone shows up with a different opinion, a diverse opinion that is different than some other people's opinion, and it's the wrong opinion, then uh, you know their hands are tied, Brian. That really is pretty painful. It's painful. Uh, it's painful to be held to the standards that you created. That's that's the painful part. It's mm -hmm. it's painful uh, to go to create uh this uh, this podcast bill of rights and then realize uh oh wait a minute that includes people that i don't agree with too because if i have a right to say what then they oh boy this is not good at all mm. how can i give how can i let people who don't agree with me have a place to speak and he wasn't even speaking oh no here's the last tweet oh i can't wait please just to clarify, no, the Daily Wire representatives were scheduled to appear on panels. And Shapiro remained in the common space and did not have a badge. If you have questions, we're here to talk. Thank you for reading. And we hope we'll continue to enjoy us, uh, join us from here on out. So it had 174 likes. How many replies do you think it had? Oh, did they get ratioed? They got I'm ratioed gonna, pretty I'm gonna, hard. I threw that term out. I'm gonna. They had 174 likes. They had 3,028 comments. No, unfortunately, not that big of a con conference. Uh, 100. So being ratioed on Twitter is, or on social media is, when you get a handful of likes and a zillion comments. Right. Since there's no dislike button, that basically means that way more people were angry than liked it. Yeah. So it had 174 likes and 1,248 comments. So <laughs> Ten to one ratio. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> wow so would now, do you think do you think the twitter the the head of podcast movement is running the twitter or do you think they have a dedicated social media team of uh 24 year old little babies whose mommy just told them they were special i, I have some intel around this oh i like this Rumor around the convention is that a major sponsor complained it was not actually like an individual or individuals that was a specific major sponsor, which I, I could see my guess. And this is total editorializing. I could be wrong. So please like, don't sue me. 
allegedly allegedly my guess if i had to guess is the next booth over from them was amazon wondery amazon's like podcast arm and wondery similar to pot has a very similar ideology to podcast movement right like very like kind of like uh, you know virtual signaling like we have incubators for black creators and we'll like feature like underrepresented uh creators and and not anyone else basically like things like that right and those are those are groups that like are not very they don't really gel that very well with ben shapiro's rhetoric so i could i could see that making sense right if i'm the major sponsor and i'm trying to represent like all this like progressiveness in terms of social you know uh socially liberal right I could see that as a being like, what the hell? You let them pay and they're there and now like we look bad or whatever. I, I could maybe see it. Maybe. Let me all right, let me ask you. At the tents, at the booths, is it like any other convention where they just have, you know, a, a sampling of what they do and they maybe have a couple sales reps there and blah blah blah? Was anybody was anybody in the live wire booth proselytizing? I honestly like Brian, the Daily Wire booth was just a box or daily wire sorry yeah it was just a box with pictures on it you could walk into one side and then to the side so it there must it must have been a, it seemed like a private meeting room or like a private just like a like an eight by eight foot at most six by six maybe just a small black box literally with a door and then a backdrop that just had the daily wire logo where you could take a picture there no one was there i don't know what they were doing they weren't doing anything they just were there. It was like a visibility plate. Maybe there were there would be like one or two people with a Daily Wire t-shirt on site if you wanted to like subscribe because I think Daily Wire Plus is probably a subscribe like pay version. But I don't know why they were there. I actually had this problem throughout the conference. I went to four vendors and okay. said, I run a podcast production company essentially with a hundred clients and we're thinking of moving our business, whether it was like our hosting or our like streaming, whatever vendor to you. Where's the sales guy I can talk to? No one had a salesperson on site when I went to their booth. They all were marketing and PR people, oh. which is like fine. But I'm like, I want to give you a hundred clients worth of business from my agency. What is yeah. wrong? So it was uh, very unclear as the strategy of these people. But Brian, so here's where I get pulled into this shit. Yes. Show. Oh yeah. How did you? <laughs> We're not even there yet. What happened to you? All right. So then immediately, Ben Shapiro's media team, by the next morning, or by, by later that morning, actually, the same day, they had created a supercut showing, you know, the podcast movement tweet zooming in slowly. And then it cuts to Ben, like, putting his arm around someone and taking a picture and smiling at podcast movement. And then, you know, like, this ominous, you know, ominous music. <laughs> and then, like, another tweet of somebody complaining. And then him just, like, literally walking around. You know, so he's, <laughs> he's, he immediately blows this up, right? So at this point, I had... Was he, can I interrupt? Was he wearing some sort of uh, garish ensemble that would have drawn attention to him? I mean, I know he's a recognizable figure, but was he dressed like uh, the nature boy in any way? Did he have a big, a big feather robe on? Is Woo! Ben he was wearing a suit. This is black suit. I don't know. I don't know right. what the he just walked in with just a business dorky looking five foot tall business dude with a business suit just walking up. Hi, couple pictures. Okay, bye. And it's like, oh my god. Um, uh, Max, our Max Armstrong in the chat, uh, veteran broadcaster from broadcaster conventions have always had a lot of booze. Was there a lot of alcohol, Cody? Uh, maybe the social media person <laughs> was drinking a lot. My voice is gone because I was drinking too much on Thursday night. 
uh, to give you an idea, I woke up Friday in my hotel room, not remembering getting into bed, and I was fully clothed with the light on. Wow. And my contacts. So there was that kind of night. Yikes. Ooh. Max was lobbying for, uh, Max asked how he could get an invitation. Yeah, I think he felt left out because Roger was here. I told him he could come on anytime. He is mm. welcome anytime. That'd be amazing. He wrote, he wrote a very nice comment on a LinkedIn post of mine, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Some of the LinkedIn stuff. I've been we talked, well, we talked about the post two weeks ago. That's why I mentioned last week. I said, I told the story that oh. Max had, you were so excited that Max had uh, written a nice comment on your, uh, on your LinkedIn post. So yes, Matt, I, Max, we'll get into the alcohol consumption. Cause I knew, I knew when Cody <laughs> said he lost it at a party that that was coming, but, uh, we're working out. I still need, we still need to know how you are connected to the, as it's called now, the Ben Shapiro incident. Okay. So, so he's tweeting about it. So whatever. Now, uh, so I, at that point on Twitter had not tweeted at podcast movement. I hadn't really inter interacted with them. I didn't like anything they did or retweet. I had used the podcast movement hashtag two or three times. Okay. Right? So if you wanted my Twitter feed, you'd know I'm at podcast movement or whatever. So I get a tweet. I got a tweet that day from this dude, Larry K at real Larry K real underscore Larry K at podcast movement has to be one of the weakest jokes out there. I mean, at producer Cody, you can't handle an appearance from one of media's uh, from one of the largest media companies oh, and boy. growing of Ben Shapiro without apologizing in all caps. Come on. The whole point of podcast is free speech, not censorship. I don't know this guy. I don't know how he found me. This is one of like four people. Random Ben Shapiro fans just started finding me and podcast journalists and just tweeting at us oh, and just trashing no. us. Trashing us as people. Trashing us as like humans that uh. would deport something. When I got this tweet, I didn't even know what had happened. <laughs> So that, like, see, that part doesn't surprise anybody who listens to this thing. Cody <laughs> didn't know what was going on. Oh my lord, what had happened to him? That's that's unbelievable. No, so that part doesn't surprise me. So, in an attempt to placate, so, let's just recap, Brian. Yeah. Tell me if I get this right. All right, I'm listening. in an attempt to placate someone? Question mark. The social media manager for podcast movement apologized for one of their sponsors existing yes just existing and then that sponsor and 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 they apologized for that sponsor existing um because they wanted people to feel more included except and for that sponsor who existed right and okay. as a result not only did that sponsor who is anti-existence apparently get more press <laughs> significantly more press and out of it but also the, the attendees of the convention, just minding their own business, like me, uh, were then harassed directly by the. You, you're an Im, in implied supporter of their messaging I, ideology. Yeah, so that is the trash fire that is Twitter and Ben Shapiro fans apparently. Uh, so wow. sorry if you like Ben Shapiro, but there are other people who like Ben Shapiro who suck as people. And uh, one of the podcast journalists replied and was like. I am not involved in any way with this conference. Why are you tweeting at me? And the guy was like, well, you still went. So you're an implicit supporter. <laughs> what? Like, what? 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 
you went. That's like that's like saying I went to Louisiana, so I'm obviously anti-choice. <laughs> it's like what, huh? So, so some other dude called me a weakling, so I went the other. So I saw I saw uh, James is the journalist. I saw his reply. I'm like, I'm gonna go another route, and I said, uh, someday everyone you love will be dead, and you will look <laughs> back on your life and you'll think to yourself that you were just tweeting at random strangers instead of spending time with those people. <laughs> and this person replied and doubled down and Ooh. said, no, that's your entire career, clown. <laughs> yeah, clown. I, <laughs> your entire career I don't, is, is talking to dead people, you I, clown. Oh, no. Oh my God! Oh, the world is a stupid I hate, place. I hate people. I hate. I hate <laughs> social media and the ability to give guys. If you call a person, I know what kind of guy calls a person a clown. It's some weirdly undereducated jag bag who can't think of anything and thinks clown is the worst possible it's part of a guy who listens he splits his time between uh am conservative radio and sports radio and that's his hot take his hot take is you're a clown which means you wear giant shoes and a nose and you entertain millions of people but you don't know diddly about squat mm. i don't understand but that's the guy the guy driving around in his pickup truck, not because he's a hardworking American who needs a pickup truck, just because he thinks it makes him tougher. He he probably he probably doesn't put anything in the back of that pickup truck other than his dog, uh, his designer no shed dog that he's going to take to the the dog spa and maybe his kid's soccer equipment or lacrosse rackets, and then he drives off with his truck nuts dangling off the back of his F one fifty. Even though you know there's a lot of people driving pickup trucks because they actually work for a living and need that pickup truck, but he's going to take up four parking spots because you're a clown, clown. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, what were you saying? I don't remember. But wow. You know why you can't remember? Because your whole career is being a clown. My whole career is being a clown. I, I Look, you know, at the end of the day, the moral of the story is I don't know what kind of chicken salad Ben Shapiro likes. And <sighs> you had one job. I did have one you job. You had one job. That was to get Mark Cuban. Somehow you get involved in this Ben Shapiro nightmare, <laughs> your virtue signaling uh, censorship it's movement insane. that you decided to go, you, instead of landing us, uh, you know, a marquee guest, you upset half the population of this country with your anti-right. Personally, yes. per I personally, personally did that. By you know why? Because you went to Dallas to go to a conference. Well, it, he shows up and... <laughs> He shows up and the place apologizes for the harm he did, but apparently by me, you know, if he knifed any, did he do anything that could be tied to harm? He did knife someone. He did okay. knife someone. I remember right, there were multiple well, stab wounds. Many police were on the scene, but other than that, all he did was show up. <laughs> right. Right. No, but he caused harm by existing there according to the movement. But then according to his fans, I caused harm by being at the conference, right? That's what the tweet implies, right? Wait a minute, yeah. If you tweet if, and but you if say you like, showed up, he caused harm, but he showed up too. So did he, 
Wow, this is this is a conundrum. The irony turns in on itself. Is there, it's almost like a black hole of irony. It's it just it just keeps sucking in on itself, like uh, you know the metaverse. If it you're causing harm in one universe, is he causing harm in that other universe? Oh damn it! This is why we needed Artemis to go up and figure this out. God. Yes, but it's put off till maybe Friday. With Artemis at the start of this front of the game, James West taming the rim, the West. Still remember the name. Wow. Now who's it gonna be? Not the GB. Now who's it gonna be? G double D G. If you want to start, you're gonna jump before you get bum rushed at the Wild Wild West. Wow, you're when actually I, you're actually doing a Will Smith rap. Oh, J West, James West. James West. Oh, I don't remember the rest because I had too much beer. But uh Desperado, Rough Rider. No, you don't want none of nada, none of this six brother, this brother, none of this six gunning, this brother running, no buffalo soldier look. It's like I told you, every damsel that's in distress, be out of that dress when they meet Jim West. Rough neck, something, something all by James West, him in the West. Remember the name. Yeah. Come on. Let's go, dude. Wow. Let's go where? <laughs> to the asylum? Where we <laughs> Let's go. Like I'm holding you back. Hey man, we be we best get on the road. We got things to do. Let's go. We got to get out and silence people that we don't agree with. Quickly. Quickly. <laughs> Let's go, dude. So off the rails. I love it. <laughs> oh God. Oh. I'm glad you enjoyed that story. I did. I loved it. But let's get to all right. So so it goes on. Let's cut to the let's cut to the fun part. What kind of party is what is what's Odyssey do Odyssey Odyssey doing for their party on Thursday that you lose your voice because you're out there twerking and partying and doing uh, Molly and Nitro? iHeartRadio sponsored an after party at a nightclub. Oh yeah. And here's the worst part. My my CEO wanted to grab dinner first, and we didn't know where to get dinner. So he was like, there's pizza. It's like 10 minute walk. Cool. Let's go to a pizza place. Well, he's screwing around his phone. We're outside in this humid weather for like 10 minutes. I'm like, what are you doing? Where are we going? He's like, well, it said 10 minutes, but it's really like 22 minutes away. Oh, and I'm like, can we just go, let's go somewhere else? He's like, well, there's another pizza place, but it only has three and a half stars on Yelp. I don't care. Let's just oh, go. God. Well, we go, and it is a garbage. It's like a Sabaro, basically, right? Oh, it's no. giant awful slices so I had these two just slices of dough i just have two just chunks of dough for dinner so then i like i go home i digest or go back to the hotel digest for an hour go to the iheart radio after party full spread like steak sliders oh. like delicious like banana pudding desserts fajitas like the whole night delicious open bar and i'm like well screw me guess i'm not yeah. eating good tonight but i will say the silver lining was that like i didn't get drunk because I had so much starch. You had so stomach. much dough in your stomach. Yeah, exactly. It all absorbed. So I, I just pounded Jack and diet all night because I needed something low carb. Sure, right. Yeah, just straight bottles of Tito's. I'm starting yeah. to wonder, and I, I don't want you to comment on this, but this is the same CEO who wanted everybody to stay in the same house on your Colorado trip and then wanted everybody to stay uh, off-site for this convention, and now he's picking the most horrible places for dinner. I... 
again, I, this is just my opinion. Cody has nothing to do with this. I'm starting to question this man's decision-making abilities. He's taking me some really good food places. Really All good right. food places. I'm just so starting was... to wonder. I hear I hear some of these stories. I'm like, man, I guess you don't have to be that quick to run a business. I can see, I can see that. No. You normally had really good food. And to be fair, <laughs> when we got to the pizza place, I was all over it. I was okay. like, let's go, dude. Like, I was into the, like, Sabaro. I was just like, let's. It was all me. And I think, okay. actually, there was a couple other people with us. And they were like, oh, I don't know about this. And I'm like, yeah, let's go pizza. Let's <laughs> do this. They have Mountain Dew. Let's go. Damn, uh, I, that seems like That seems like a travesty. You're in Texas. You should be eating steaks all the time. Wearing boots, of- eating steaks, chewing tobacco, and rustling cattle. Dude, I was like to a make ten minute, I was like a ten minute walk from the grassy knoll, and I didn't go. You didn't go to the grassy knoll. Mm-mm. Have you ever been there? No, you have though, right? Yeah. Oh man, isn't yeah, it like an on ramp of a? It's just like a highway no, on ramp, basically. No, it goes under. It it, it goes uh, the grassy like there's a main street, then there's a little offshoot, and then another street that angles down in front of the book depository. And there's a triangle of grass created by that, and that's the grassy knoll, and it goes under um, like another road, an overpass. But when you're standing in the book depository window, you look down and go, yeah, I could have hit him from here. Because it's it's really – and then you go – then you also say to yourself, it doesn't make sense that they made this little jog off the main street and came over to this other little weird street to angle down just to end up in the same – they would have ended up in the same spot. Doesn't make sense. I'm not a conspiracy hmm. theorist, but um, that was a weird one. So you didn't even wander over there? You were too busy uh, hobnobbing with ultra right-wing podcasters? Everyone I talked to said it wasn't worth it. Everyone was like, it's just like an off-ramp. That's because they're jaded podcast millennial jagweeds who <sighs> nothing is... Uh, no, it's, it's a piece of history, and it is... If you'd go up in the de- depository, you can take the tour. It's it's pretty amazing. No, 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 no. They canceled the tour. They actually canceled the grassy knoll. No, because somebody on site tweeted that it the, the grassy knoll's presence was harmful. So I actually that makes go. sense. I yeah, go. They actually canceled the whole thing. Oh. So like, if I had gone, I like, nothing to look at. I don't know. Ironically, the book depository got doxed. <laughs> And so then no one could go in there and see all the 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 documents, the documents. This episode's insane. Well, that's yeah. You know, we're dealing with an insane, uh, <laughs> an insane world. It's an insane world. Yes. Uh, how do you, boy? What, what can? How many? How many wool caps were there telling you that going to see one of the major historical sites uh, of a you know? The sight of an, uh, an American president being assassinated is not worth it. <laughs> I don't know. I was busy. How many going tattoos to and shaggy beards and you know uh, knit caps? Not that many neck tattoos. I will say. I will say. I will say for it to its credit, podcast movement twenty sixteen was a free for all of who would go, what they dressed like, all that. Okay. Last one or two years ago, I streamed. I, I just watched virtually. I streamed the like keynotes on the main stage, and people looked like animals. They were dressed. <laughs> they were dressed like they'd never left their house. They were dressed okay. like a three-year-old who, if like you just dump a bunch of clothes everywhere, would emerge in like a sequin dress and cargo pants and like a cowboy hat. 
right? Like right. that that's literally how bad it was. There were some people on the main stage where I was like, you're embarrassing as a human. I don't think you should be allowed anywhere. But well, they were trying year, to get attention for themselves. But but and to be and that I get that. But this year, not so much. Very business really? casual, much more like buttoned down, kind of like business up. Uh, I, I wore, you know, collar, buttoned down, iron my shirts, you know, the whole thing. It, was, it felt like real people who have like seen the light of day before, maybe had a meeting here or there, met some people. So decent vibe. All right. Hmm. Hmm. Let me wrap the, the party stuff. I just, it was, it was at a nightclub, but I knew a couple people there that I met earlier in the conference. We Did talked and yelled. I didn't really dance. I talked and yelled a lot. And then I was leaving. I ran into uh, this woman that I had met earlier who we both got separated from our group. So it was kind of like, oh, you go to the hotel? Cool, let's go. We're going to the hotel. Oh, uh -huh, like, wait a minute. Well, Do we need some music? <laughs> not need some music. Uh, <laughs> she was not my type and we were both married. So that's uh, probably, probably should have led with the both married part. But uh, but sure. Anyway, we. But as got, we've learned, there's a lot of alcohol at these conventions. There is, there is. So we get back at the hotel, and it, it was like, well, we just like grab a drink or something. But the hotel bars are closed. Uh, and she's like, oh, I know where there's some bars. We went to the bars. No bars are open. So we walked to Seven Eleven, and I bought a bottle of wine. Turns out Seven Eleven neither sold nor had on hand any corkscrews. <laughs> we could not open the bottle of wine, so we exchanged it for a wine shaped, a wine bottle shaped bottle of margarita, pre-mixed margarita, Ooh. which I'm sure is a recipe for hangovers. Yeah. And we just pulled from it on the way back. I remember getting in the elevator. I remember very vividly, we talked about like, you remember where you were on 9-11? I remember where I was when I got to the end of that evening at the High Heart Radio party and I was at the elevator and she gave me this look like, I'm gonna put you on this elevator and I hope to God you find your way somewhere where you're not my problem and <laughs> got to my room. And again, like I said, I don't remember getting to the room, but I remember waking up with all my clothes on the light on the shades open, uh, my contacts still in and I sent her, oh. sent her a nice message the next morning. Okay. Thanks for letting me, helping me survive. And uh, she said, yeah, no problem. It was fun. So it's a good time, but wow. That was my adventure in Dallas. Dangerous. Very nice. So did you get to do any business? Did you, there was nobody to, to to buy from. There's nobody to buy from. No, met some met some cool people though. It's it cool. When's the last time you went to like a? Have you ever been to the National Association of Broadcasters convention, the NAB? No. Really? Okay. No, the only kid, the only uh, yeah, I think uh, Fulbab is the closest thing I've been to a convention. <laughs> nice that's the closest thing i uh no i've never been to nab um i've never been to a convention no like at all no, i've never no i've never worked for a yeah no hmm. i've never worked for a company that i would have to go or you know an industry i never went to a, you know like a morning show boot camp i never went to that all the years we did radio <laughs> Uh, I didn't go to that. Um, I don't, there's not a comedy convention. So I, <laughs> a bunch of hacks running around jibber jabbered, never went there. So no, I've never been, never been. I think you froze. I oh, froze. Back. Uh, if there's ever a convention I can go to and bring you to, we're going. Cause I need I you to it. get some convention commentary going on.
I would want to wear a fez. I'd want it to be like the uh, the buffalo, the Fred, what's uh, the one that Fred Flintstone was part of, the Water Buffalo Lodge, and they all go to conventions, they wear their hats with the horns, or you go with the Shriners, you wear the fez. I'd want some sort of crazy convention hat. I've been, to, I've been on the floor of a political convention, but not when it was going on. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. So no, that was uh, yeah. Have not uh, have not had the opportunity, unfortunately, which saddens me. Saddens me. But you're back, so you're you're back and you survived. Were there a lot of cowgirls down there? Did you happen to see? Uh, I'm guessing I'm guessing with the podcast convention there were a lot of hookers running around, uh, dressed as cowgirls. Would that be uh, accurate? No. None. Nah. Well, you weren't looking, so who knows? No, the 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 honestly, the worst part of all of it is Ben Shapiro. I got back to it. What? Ben Shapiro was that the worst part of all of it? No, because he ruined everything with his with just walking in. Well, the stabbing was pretty dramatic, but no, no, like the like it has been so weird being back in Illinois because everything is so much smaller. I've heard that. It's so much smaller. Like everything is small. Like this microphone, I'm like, oh my God, why is it so small? Because in Texas, the microphones, I'm guessing three, four times that size. Yeah, they're at least seven feet long. At and least. they spell podcast with all capital letters, don't they? They spell everything with all capital letters. Wow. Yeah. And yet for things being so big, their capabilities of facing down their fears seem very very small i don't think the people that tweeted were from texas but i could be <laughs> i don't know i'm just i'm just lucky i got out alive it's the first convention i've ever gone to where every person there had a gun on them a fully loaded gun so, that doesn't surprise me yeah i'm i'm surprised you didn't have one like that they didn't give you one when you got off the plane oh they did I thought it was like in Hawaii when you got off and they gave you a lay. I thought yeah. you got off the plate in Texas and they handed you a six shooter. No, I had an AR-15. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, that's good. That's a yeah. gun. Yeah. The whole the, the the convention was actually sponsored by AR-15, which made the whole Ben Shapiro. Uh, that seems debacle. like it. Yeah. The Ben Shapiro little, thing should have paled in comparison. Then. A little strange. No, no. Everybody's walking around with AR-15. It was actually cute because people would put their contact information on a QR code printed on the side of the AR-15. <laughs> so you just take your phone and, and snap it. But they also had they had these cute little, like, uh, one of the, uh, the party uh, handouts was like a, like, it was like a AR-15 that you put your phone into. So Ooh. you could actually load up the QR code reader and then point it. And so it fit over your camera. So you could point it at someone else's AR-15 and snap the QR code there to connect on the app. Amazing. That is amazing. That's the kind of technology we're looking to, to see come out of podcast movement. Yeah. Not only podcasting technology, but good gun QR code integration. Right. This is what I've been saying for years. You have been saying that for years. I've been ignoring it. But now I, to my folly, really, I, I've ignored it. Yeah. You don't want to I don't know that. why. What uh, what did you do this weekend? Very this week? so. What did I do? Well, oh, I had a had you a have show. A story. Oh, had, well, oh, you have a story about a show. I had a show, and then I went to a concert. So I actually had a big weekend. Concert? What? I left the house twice in one weekend, and I was not happy about it either time. Um, when I left, I 
So Friday I had a show up in uh, Highland Park. I had never been to Highland Park. And, you know, that's where there was that horrible tragedy on the 4th of July. And um, so this was at Billy Corrigan's tea, tea house, Madam Zuzu's Tea House, owned by Billy Corrigan from the Smashing Pumpkins. That's right. Yes. So uh, I was like, oh, this will be fun. And I've worked, the guy who books it, I've worked for him before. And um, I'd heard it was a, a nice place. Well, the the building, first of all, they were having some art show in downtown Highland Park. So streets were closed down. But anyway, I get there and it is a beautiful room. The the room in the tea house where they do, I get, you know, anything, concerts or shows. or It's very nice. You know, uh, bare the the bare wooden arches and whole big thing. Tables were tables were spread out, spread out kind of far apart, for my liking. Um, and I meet the other comics. Everything's fine. Uh, ironically, in the tea shop, I got myself a cup of coffee, just mm. to throw everybody off. I'm like, well, they have them on the menu, so they must not frown on it. There's a lot of knickknack stuff in there that you can uh, you buy. They got old records and. You know, it's it's a hip, trendy, feel good kind of tea, as you would expect from a tea house. Yeah, right? Do you get I a heard small Madam's, coffee. What's that? Small coffee. I got myself a mocha. Oh, how many ounces was it? I got a medium. So how was that? Like twelve? No, I don't know. Sixteen, maybe sixteen ounce mocha. Oh, in Texas, it's sixty-four. Really ounces is actually a medium. See, yeah. I wish I I would I could have used a Texas size coffee. Yeah, and it comes with an AR fifteen. Everything comes with. See, well, now, every, that would every be every mocha, every mocha. If you get a coffee, you just get a six shooter. You get like a. That's Walter what PPK. I want. Then I need. I I'm more. I think a handgun would be easier to maneuver around with. Okay, fair. You know, if I got to carry an AR fifteen everywhere, that takes both my hands. I like it. You know, I want to. Uh, a handgun strapped to my side so well, I can practice my quick draw, things like that. Down there, they carry it in their hats, though, the AR-15s. The, the, those, like, the gallon bucket hats. Like, yeah, the 10-gallon hats that are really 20 hat. gallons. Yeah, you, you can actually put an AR-15 in either side and a six-shooter in the middle in the little crevasse. Is that like one of those hats where you used to put the beer cans on both sides, but they're, yeah. these are retrofitted for AR-15s? Yeah. Wow. Hold on. Yeah. I like well, you gotta have, You gotta have something to stir your coffee with, right? Why, sure. Why would you use a stick? Sticks are for homeless people. <laughs> I did not endorse that joke. <laughs> I gotta go. Ironically, everybody in Texas did. So that's <laughs> that's nothing ironic about that. There, that oh is why. Oh my god, we are getting canceled worse oh, than I doubt it. What did Ben Shapiro walk by? At a what if Ben Shapiro walked past me right now? Like, <laughs> just walked past me. Like, he came to Chicago and was just staying in your house for a couple days. Are we recording, like, video? Like, could I, like, Photoshop in, like, me standing here and Ben Shapiro just walked by, just, like, with a neutral look on his face, just like... like... Just, like, in his pajamas with a cup of coffee. <laughs> the 64 ounce cup of medium coffee. Uh, Cody, is that? And you just go, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, the big Texan steakhouse outside Amarillo. Sally, you are correct. I've eaten there, I think, three times. Uh, the big Texan, delicious. Home of the 64-ounce challenge. Hot. Hot. So, long story short, I had to, I busted my ass in Highland Park because this was not a responsive crowd. Um, the MC 
struggle very very funny uh, and the feature act struggled a little tough and act. then tough i was yeah they were a, they were a they weren't they were having fun because they were smiling but they were a sit and watch kind of crowd rather than a get involved kind of crowd is that a type of crowd it, well it is because they were very reserved um and so the guy who books it goes comes up to me right before he goes you're gonna really have to gin up this crowd and i'm like i'll do what i can but they obviously there's you know they've been sitting here you know doing nothing yeah so i go up and i you know right away i'm, I'm thinking all right this is gonna be i got i'm gonna have to work for these people and but I, I had a choice. I could either get mad at it or I could just laugh it off the whole time. And I did. I just kept, I, I kept, every time I called them on the fact that they were just sitting quietly, they would laugh hilarious. They'd laugh uproariously. You know, I thanked them for being so quiet. So I felt like I was at home talking to myself. Uh, I told them how polite they were being. I, uh, I appreciate the fact that they have nothing in common with me. And yet they're still letting me come to Highland Park. And every time I did that, they laughed, they laughed and laughed. And then people came up to me after the show and thanked me for such a great show. And I'm like, I wasn't at the same show you were obviously That's amazing because this is, this is insane. Yeah. At the end. So I finish and I, I get a laugh at the end, you know, as much as you're going to get. And I, I thanked her. I said, I, I want to thank you, Peter. You guys have been very polite. Thank you. And have a lovely night. They laughed harder at that than the closing line. But I just told them they had been polite. <laughs> That's really weird. Then, so then, come off, and uh, the the MC um, was a woman about uh, just a couple years younger than me, and she did she did very well. I I thought some of her stuff was very very funny, but she was nervous. She was discombobulated. She told me, uh, and then she said to the booker, "Do you have any feedback?" And he goes. Well, I saw two people walk out. Uh, that's enough feedback for me. They walked out during my set. They had been in the back, the very back of the room. Uh, they drank a bottle of wine, and then they got up and they left. And I'm like, okay. That's, you know, I, I it wasn't like I had done, I didn't, I wasn't doing, I was very careful about what I was saying. I even cut the dog suicide joke out. I didn't do that because of the tragedy, which makes perfect sense. Right. Um, so it wasn't like my material offended them. And two people leave, two people leave, whatever. I don't, you know. Yeah, it's two people. You know. Uh, did they applaud? Yes, of course they applauded, Marta. They applauded uh, very nice. So, well, yeah, they did. Well, they had some lubrication, but I don't think people were lubricating enough, Sally. It was a, it was, uh, there were many, many people were drinking coffee and tea. Oh. So and I'm a... I'm a bar comic. They were using <laughs> silicon-based lube, not water-based lube. Yeah. Big problem. Right. That's They used water-based lube. They needed some grain-based lube. Oh, I see. See what I'm Do, saying? You, look, you've worked a lot of uh, crowds. So is this a type of... Yes. I've never heard there of is, type of audience. There is a type of crowd that is just... They're quiet. And they're, they're happy, but not emphatic, and not right. Not they're happy. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be uh, extroverted. They're not gonna be demonstrative. Um, they'll give you. There's no. You can't get a roll going because a laugh, and then they'll stop. Yeah. 
and then they'll laugh again and then they'll stop. Yeah. So it's like just pleasant. And I talked to them a little and I would, you know, like I said, I'd make fun of some and I, you know, some, some young, there was, there were a couple of young people in the back off to the side and they laughed at a joke early. And I said, okay, you guys can't laugh anymore. Cause that was your joke. So we got to share some with the people over here. Cause they're, they're obviously haven't gotten their joke yet. So, <laughs> and I kept, I, I was like, I'm having fun. You can, you know, you can come along if you want. If you don't, is that, well, a is that a valid tactic for a comic? Like, yes, for me it is. It's worked. Just have fun. Just like I'm just gonna have fun. I don't. I don't yeah. care. Is, is that an attitude some comics adopt? So that like, yeah. well, right? Because like the crowd. Well, is huge... Here's the thing. I know I'm funny. Okay. So and it, it took me a long time to get to that to to get to that comfort level on stage. Right. Where I'm gonna do everything I can to to get you to come along. But at a certain point, if you don't want to meet me and I don't blame the crowds, you know, yeah. uh, so, but sometimes there are crowds who are for whatever reason, they're not going to come along. Like these guys were being polite and they were having fun. I've had some crowds that were just full of jerks and there's nothing you can do about that. Um, but if you don't like my, my tactic now is I'm having fun. I'm doing my show. Uh, I know it works. I'll, talk to you and try to get you to come along. But, and this sounds, I get paid either way. I want you to have fun, but if you choose not to have fun, I can't do anything about that. Yeah, that makes sense. I, well, I think there's a lot of psychology that goes into yes. comics and, and all that stuff. There is. And I mean, I, I get it's a show. I know these people paid to come out and I want them to have a good time. That's why I try all these little tricks that I've developed over the years. But the, I mean, Right. So with podcasting, I have told people and, and even radio found, right? Like if you are passionate and really care about something and are having a good time, mm -hmm. that is sometimes the most attractive thing to a listener. Like I, most of the women I've dated have told me that they like that I'm passionate about things that I really yes. get into things. And that's what they, that's what they have enjoyed about dating me and my wife, my wife included. Right. So um, uh, it, part of me is like, yeah, all you got to do is just like, I'm going to do this for me and like, whatever. But there, I know there's a lot more than that. And a lot of comics come from a lot of it. Like I know a comic that's super depressed all the time yeah. and that's his thing, but he loves being on stage. Right. So it's like an outlet and it's a, it's a form of therapy and it's also perform like performative. Like it can serve many different functions. It's probably right. served different functions for you over the years. Oh yeah, definitely. As you've developed as a person, right now you're in the like I'll have fun stage. Yeah, it's well, it's it, it's the I know, like I don't doubt myself. If I had had this show ten years ago, I would have been beating myself up. Mm -hmm. like, what did I do? Now it's like I I did everything in my power to give these people a good show. And, and deep down, I know they did have a, a good time. Sure. It wasn't like to the guy who booked it the entire night, there wasn't this uproarious roaring laughter, but it was a small crowd in a big room on a night, you know, when people couldn't get there and it's the end of summer and the crowd wasn't as big because, you know, these are all things I've learned over time, you know, School started last week or school was starting this week. And that final week of people are not, you know, in a town 
like Highland Park, where it's all families and stuff, they're not going out that weekend. Yeah. They're it's the end of summer. Plus, there was this big art fair that was starting the next morning that had all the streets blocked off. There's a lot of reasons, but the people who were there, one, I was happy they were there, and I don't want it to sound like I'm doing this just for me and I don't care what they think. I want them to have fun, like I said, but if they don't, and I know that I gave the effort, you know, that I the best I could give, then that's the show. That makes sense. I have to grab a water. I'll be right Please back. Please do. All right. I know it's very irresponsible of me. Are you I going to dig a, my desk? Are you going to dig a well? Go quickly. Uh, hurry, one, hurry. One second. Hold on. That's all right. No, Hold take on. your time. You looked around like you didn't know where your water was. Uh, Marta, do I ever get hecklers? Yeah. I, I mean, over the years that I've been doing stand-up, yeah, I've had a lot of hecklers. And my response has changed over the years. Uh, once you get more comfortable and confident on stage, you have a mentality that they're not going to, they're not going to run the show. So, and there's a difference, like there's people, because I tend to get people involved in the show. I do a lot of crowd work. Uh, so people will feel free to answer something. And that's different. If you're just excited and you, you say something about what I'm talking about, that's fine. It's the hecklers are the ones who always think they're funnier or that they're going to they're going to get you they want to impress their girlfriend or they want to impress their buddies cuz their buddies or their girlfriend are laughing at what I'm saying and they feel threatened or they don't like what I'm saying so they're going to shout out and um 99% of the time when that happens I already have the crowd on my side so anything I do to destroy that person the crowd's going to go with and I know the, you know, I know obviously the line and I, you know, I've had rough times in the past and I, you know, there's a good chance I'll have rough times, uh, in the future, one or two times. I did make a guy cry though. Once in, uh, Lake Havasu, Arizona, it was Nevada. Or, yeah, it was or Arizona. I don't know. It's like Havasu. And, uh, I was doing a one nighter with my buddy and this guy heckled all through my buddy's opening set. Uh, the guy, he went on in front of me, did a half hour. The guy heckled him the whole time. And I was in back and I was getting madder and madder as my buddy's time went on. And he was, he could eviscerate people, but he was trying not to eviscerate him too bad because he knew I had to still come up. So I was getting mad at the guy and I was getting mad for my friend because he couldn't, he, out of respect for me, he wasn't doing what I knew he could do, which is completely lay waste to this guy. So I went up and he started immediately. And the first line out of his mouth, he was to the side of the stage and I spun and I just went after him. And it turns out he was a local newscaster and I just belittled him nonstop to the point where he started to cry and got up and left. And then said, you, after the show, he came up and goes, you embarrassed me in front of all of these people and they know who I am because I'm on TV. I go, well, you should have kept your mouth shut then. So that was uh, that was answering Marta's question. If I had uh, if I had ever had uh, hecklers, Cody. If there's one thing Roger Badish and I should have learned from the overnight, it is you would never uh, ever heckle Brian because he will destroy you. You will <laughs> die. You will not walk out alive. 
from that room. And I'm never, I'm never, I don't even want to be in the room where someone heckles you. I mean, I no, and do I don't movie. listen. I don't want to lay this out as some sort of challenge. I would rather no, not have to. Don't I don't do want. It. I don't want to do it. I don't just, do it. It's and it. It's the the times have changed. People don't do it as much because you and like do I it, said, right? if somebody's having fun and they just oh my gosh and they they say something, I'll I'll toy with them and I always try to be nice at first, you know, because usually if I if I give a couple gentle jabs, people stop. And that's it. And then it's fun. You know, like they're not offended by my comebacks because I didn't come at them too hard. You know, the, the, the mistake a lot of newer comics make is somebody will say something and they take a blowtorch to an ant, you know, it's like, whoosh. whereas, you know, I'll toy with them a little bit, a couple of soft jabs. And if that calms everything down, then everything's cool. And then we go on from there. So. You know, although Roger chiming in. Yeah. His internet yeah. is working tonight. You know, the problem is Roger's cell phone is a dial up. So uh, oh, it's a rotary phone. Oh, yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah, but it was still nice. His garden is phenomenal. Uh, I was, I was reminded of Roger uh, really? prominently yesterday. I think it was, was national like radio. He'll jump in the chat with this national like radio advertisement day. It was like the the hundred third something anniversary of like the first radio advertisement. Uh, I don't know. I saw a couple LinkedIn posts. It was okay. like a huge day in radio history, and I just thought immediately. I was just like, "This is totally the thing Roger would absolutely tweet about." I didn't see any posts from him, but I, I wasn't online that much yesterday. But uh, it seemed like a kind of thing he would because you had just gotten home, hmm. right? True, true. I uh, you had I to reacquaint to... yourself with your wife and child. I did, did. I did. Did your son remember you after a week away? No, he has no idea who I am, oh, which is sad. fine. You are uh, cats uh, you in the cradle, up, buddy. Cats you brought in the up, cradle. You brought up something that made me think of. Uh, so sad. Actually, Saturday, Saturday, uh, I went to a little like wedding. I have a friend that's. I went to a wedding celebration. What is that? So we have we have like friends. a reception. We have, no, we have friends, and they have family everywhere, so. They're getting married next May, like a actually like a small ceremony with like immediate family in Philadelphia. But in the okay. meantime, they're doing like a marriage tour where they <laughs> for every city that they they're going to like five different cities and having like a wedding like celebration. So this is where they been one. in JLo. Well, one's in Israel. So okay. like that's pretty far, right? For his family right. in Israel. And then I think another one's in Philadelphia, one's in Israel, one is here, one is like somewhere else in Maine or somewhere. So there's like four or five locations. So it, whatever, basically a wedding reception without the wedding. But when I got home, I had had a few beers. We were at Dovetail Brewery, actually. Ah, all right. Our good friends at Dovetail. Love it. So went there, went there, passed out. Uh, I went there, went home, passed out. I was going to say, like, wait, you, you passed out at Dovetail? Yeah. I passed out after like uh, three beers because I was just tired from the hangover from this whole conference. And then, Brian, my wife was like, let's walk to downtown Lombard, like 15 minutes away, and we'll oh. grab like nachos or something or some cheap, easy dinner, and then just All walk right. home just to kind of mix things up. Because my parents, my parents were babysitting my son Saturday night. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. My wife went to an event in Rockford, so she just brought my kid, and they were like, oh, we'll watch him. And they came and brought him back on Sunday. It was great. So we had a date night, which we have not had forever. And she's like, let's go downtown. Well, Lombard has this thing called cruise nights every Saturday. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't usually that big, but but Saturday night, 
the headliner was Seventh Heaven. I've heard, I've heard of them. They're they're a cover band of something, right? Are they? I don't know. I don't actually know. They're uh they're like a kind of a not a boy band, but like a five person group from like the early nineties or late late nineties. They had like six albums in the late nineties to early two thousands. Really? They're, they they've built themselves as one of the most active indie bands in the country or something. I know they used to be on the radio, but pretty big yeah for downtown Lombard. Wow. But, they but were dude, we formed were... in 1985. Mm -hmm. And they've continued to the present day with changing band members. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, dude. But like, we got to downtown Lombard. It was lit up. They closed down St. Charles Road. They had the whole 7 Eleven parking lot, which is full of people. They had a band set up, the stage set up. We went to this little uh, Mexican place and we grabbed food, sat on the patio, and we listened to this cover band. It was, uh, so it was packed, though. Like, so I, I think it was like the big glass, like, kind of, you know, last last yeah, big push yeah i hear but what i what i do you'll find this funny so the the as we're walking up this whatever band is on stage is playing basically the chorus of pop songs and then just playing another chorus of another pop song so jump into like living in a prayer they play like 16 bars of it and then they jump over to like disco inferno <laughs> and then they jumped, they wow. jumped to 25 or 6 to 4 by Chicago. And then they jumped to, like, Don't Stop Believing. And they jumped to Carry On Wayward Son by Kansas. But they're only playing, like, 16 to 32 bars of each song, right? And then just immediately transitioning. So, that sounds very uh, seizure-inducing. Very seizure-inducing. But it, it's kind of like, well, if you're at a show and you want them to play a cover song, well, why not just play them all, Brian? Well, <laughs> we're, we're walking up and they're doing this. <laughs> We walk through the crowd a little bit, wait in line at this nacho place for like, I say 10 minutes. My wife says five, whatever, five All to right. 10 minutes, get our food, go sit down, eat. We were eating for at least 10 minutes. It was probably 20 to 25 minutes and they were still doing it. Just so, nonstop, a medley, just a nonstop non medley. medley. And I was like, is this the whole show? So we get to the end and I, we're making fun of seventh heaven the entire time. Cause we're oh like God. a seventh heaven, just like a hook cover band. They just play the hook. And then at the <laughs> very end of their set, Brian, they go, yeah, thanks so much. And the end was, Hey Jude. And it was the, okay. nah, 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 nah. And was doing that. And then they're like, thanks so much. Blah, blah, blah. Get ready for seventh heaven. <laughs> it was their opener. <laughs> and we spent like a half hour making go to seventh heaven because we thought it was actually seventh heaven and then like, they finished and i was like we were done with our food i was like you want to just go home she's like okay so we went home we didn't even hear seventh why heaven. did you not stay for at least a we, couple minutes of seventh we heaven we didn't feel like it we didn't feel Cody, like it. they have a mailing list over a hundred thousand people with fifty thousand plus facebook likes brian i'm pretty sure at that point the edibles had kicked in pretty hard so i was just ready to get out of there they have six songs in the film Lizzie. I don't know what that is. I don't either, but they have it. They wrote and performed a TV commercial for Walter E. Smith. You asked earlier if you remember where you were at certain moments. I will never forget the look on my wife's face when we looked at each other and realized it wasn't Seventh Heaven. Oh, that's it hilarious. was one of my top favorite moments ever with my wife. Dude, it was... You could have stayed and seen. They are known for their famous 30 songs in 30 minutes medley of songs from the 70s and 80s. So maybe that was Seventh Heaven. 
Did they say we are seventh heaven? And then no. we'll be back? They've now seen a million faces. They've rocked them all. Okay, because it was definitely 30 minutes. Oh, dude, now yeah, maybe it they're was known for the famous 30 minute, 30 songs and 30 minutes medley. You know, what, you know what's gonna be hilarious is if that was seventh heaven. And we <laughs> had the moment of realization that it wasn't seventh heaven, but it was seventh heaven. Oh my god. Ooh. See, if this had happened in Texas, there would have been 94 heavens. Right. And Everyone on the stage would have had an AR-15, so we could have, you know. They would have been playing their AR-15s. <laughs> they would have been playing their AR-15s. That would have been fantastic. Now, see, I saw music Saturday, too. It doesn't sound like it was as, uh, as intriguing as yours, because I knew exactly who I was going to see. And uh, it was. Journey? Was it Journey? No, it wasn't Journey. I wish. It was. Uh, no, you're right. No, it was not Journey. Murda asked what's on my t-shirt. It's a hedgehog with a coffee cup that says just no. No. It's, it's cute. <laughs> it is very cute. Thank you. Did you get that at uh, your leftist podcast movement? No, I got that at my leftist Gen Con. Oh, that makes more sense. Damn. Uh, what do you see? Journey? I saw it. Not Boston. Journey. I saw Boston. Sammy Hagar in the circle. Uh, George Thorogood and the Destroyers opened for them. What were they destroying? They destroyed, they destroyed any preconceived notion that people over 70 can no longer rock that's what they destroyed because uh first of all i had to do a, I, I met uh i met cb the insatiable insomniac nice. i met cb and uh this is we're old men now because we don't want to we don't want to spend that kind of money for a sandwich inside the venue where they gouge you so across the street from the venue is a jersey mike's so we went we met a jersey mike's and we had a we had our sub, but in the car I had packed a tiny little cooler with four beers, and when we get into the parking lot, we we got in and so our cars were parked right next to each other because we couldn't go in together, because Chris likes to leave early, usually he leaves before the last song, because he always pulls up the playlist so he leaves before the last song, and me I stayed till the bitter end because I want to get my money's worth because I'm cheap. So I've stayed till the last note. I've stayed till the pimply faced uh, minimum wage kids come and try to sweep out the aisles. Mm. So we're part next to each other. I take uh, I take my traditional picture of a beer on the dashboard for my pregame, starting off Cartoberfest with a uh, a lakefront brewery Oktoberfest Marzen from Milwaukee. Nice, nice. very nice choice. Yeah. Um, it's strange when I am at the younger end of an audience demo. When I feel like a whippersnapper because I'm not wearing a compression hose or a knee brace or I don't have artificial limbs of any kind, all my joints are, you know, that's even though I am, I was wearing my Mardi Gras colored brace uh, to protect my surgically enhanced wrist. Mm. Even then I was still, there were a lot of guys who, um, you know, the kind, I wish I was this kind of fat guy. The guy who only gets fat like they're pregnant, like just a, you know, mine's like a spare tire all around me, but there's a lot of guys who just from the back, they look really skinny. Then they turn profile. And it's like, holy shit, you're having triplets. That's fantastic. Good for yeah. You. That's that's I'm on the way. I'm on the road to that yeah. very quickly. I'm on the, I'm the fast lane towards that. <laughs> really? The express lane. Yeah. Well, it's all those barley wines you're packing away. I spent a lot of those. So, and a lot of guys walking. 
in Texas, in Texas, they would have been having, it would have been like Octomom. All no, the but, guys' bellies would have been Octomom bellies. But I went to Texas, and so now I'm back, and I can't shake the biggerness. You got to have everything's bigger. You got to have, you You probably just were drinking big gulps all day today, too, weren't you? Can't drink a regular size pop anymore, can you? No. No. It's got to be Small. big, or the extra big gulp, mega gulps. Mastodon gulps. I don't is that know. real? It should be. Mastodon. In Texas, in Texas, it is. In Texas, a mastodon. Gulp. I'm going to get me a mastodon gulp. Yeah, actually, it actually comes with it actually comes with two undocumented immigrants to carry it. Wow, that's I, how Greg Abbott is taking care of the problem down there. Wait, I I don't want to interrupt your story. But the, on the Please Uber on the way back, this dude cut us off, and the Uber driver started cursing. It was like, man, must be probably one of those illegal immigrants, and uh, said that out loud to me unironically. He, he knew who you were. You were one of the guys who was going to get offended because you canceled Ben Shapiro. He knew well, where he picked you up from. The, the Uber driver was Ben Shapiro. <laughs> he side gigs as an Uber driver. and uh, Wow. Ben Shapiro's side hustle is real. Uh, the worst part is the guy was driving really erratically and didn't <laughs> have a license plate. Of course not. And I was like, I, I can't argue with you. <laughs> I don't know if you're right. Like, He's Texas. got an AR. He's got his AR-15 up front. He de definitely, he was packed. He was like, if you weren't in this car, man, you didn't know what I would do. And I was like, well, I bet it involves an AR. Yeah. So let's let's just move on. But I bet I learned about an... it on the news if I watched the news. Right. <laughs> did anyone have an AR-15 at the San Diego concert? No. Uh, there were a lot of guys who had uh, all other sorts of... Uh, all other sorts of initials for their uh, erectile dysfunction medicine and uh, everything else. A lot of guys walking stiff-legged, just uh, th this motion, the side-to-side -side movement. Um, it was it was crazy that I was that young. But I got to tell you, it was every time I'm supposed to go somewhere. Like I woke up in the morning and I was excited to go, and I said to myself, "There's going to be a point in the middle of the day where I have no desire to go at all." Mm, and that really? desire, yeah, every, every, everything I'm supposed to do, I want to go, then it gets closer. I don't want to do it. Then I go when I have, excuse me, I have a good time. So I cut the grass and I, I was tired and then I didn't want to go, but I go, I like George Thorogood. He's 72 years old, George Thorogood. He played, they opened this, opened the show with an hour set and it was phenomenal. It was just Old school, straight ahead rock and roll. There were a lot of songs about drinking. There was songs about uh, fornicating, and it was it had saxophone. It had a very fifties rock and roll feel to it. Every song they would go off into some crazy jam for a while, and then come back. And this old man was playing guitar like ringing a bell, if I can quote Chuck Berry and Johnny Be Good. He was, he was phenomenal. So I'm having a blast. Nice. Now my CB bought the tickets. He ordered them and he made a, he was brilliant. He bought two tickets, but he left a single seat between us. We gambled that that seat would not be filled. It was not. So we had room in between us, but then a man who, if you took Chris and me and jammed us together into one homogenous blob of a human came and sat right next to me on the other side. Plunk. 
That's the downside of the plan. You got to buy, you got to leave a single seat on all sides, but we didn't. So this guy sat and it was like, he was pushing over. But the good thing was I, we had an empty seat between us on the other side. So I was able to lean a little bit. Um, anyway, about three quarters of the way through Thurgood, he gets up and he leaves and his buddy's there. His buddy only had one arm. I don't know why I tell you that part of the story. It doesn't really change anything, but it was something that caught my eye. Um, so the one-armed guy leans over to me and goes, he's pretty fat, isn't he? Now this guy was no spring chicken or uh skinny mini. This guy, this guy had the pregnant man belly. and was pretty big. And I go, well, I can't really be the pot called the kettle black. I'm, you know, I'm not the smallest myself. I think we're all in the same boat. And he goes, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, so then he wanders off and I'm thinking, this is great. Now the whole row is empty up to the seat on the other side of Chris. So we could lay out, we could do yoga. We could do whatever we want. We got plenty of room. Uh, now Sammy Hagar starts. 9.05, Sammy Hager and the circle hit the stage. Exactly 10.35, Sammy Hagar walks off the stage. He's 75 years old. This makes you feel very, very old. When the guy who you're coming to see rock out with his appendage out is 75 years old and looks like, you know, well, he, he's looking more like Jerry Garcia. He's still really skinny though, but there was a point he was doing, uh, they were, they did a, a lot of Van Halen songs. It was a really cool show. Cause it's him. It's Michael Anthony, who was the drum or the bass player for Van Halen. It's, uh, Jason Bonham, who was John Bonham's son. John Bonham was the drummer for Led Zeppelin. And then some guitar player that they didn't really talk too much about. Okay. I think Victor Johnson is his name. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they did a little bit. They did Sammy solo stuff. They did a lot of Van Halen stuff. They did uh, one Van, one Led Zeppelin song so Bonham could show off his drum, and it was really good. Uh, and it was, it was all fun. But at one point, they're doing Pound Cake by Van Halen. And it's a song about, you know, a woman being hot and, you know, you want to eat their pound cake and blah, blah, blah. And Sammy is like spanking his own ass. And there was something hilariously inappropriate about a 75-year-old man spanking his own ass and walking up and making making like sexy sexy face to the ladies. Uh. Even though the ladies were all like in their 50s, so it wasn't weird, you know, like age inappropriate. It was just like, it was like if we were at the villages seeing a show and all these old people were trying to catch gonorrhea from each other. Sounds like you were seeing Ringo Starr. Could have been same kind of same kind of audience. It sounds like what my wife said the show was like. Yeah, um, but I got to tell you, you know, they all, they were strict to their hour and a half. They didn't do an encore. They showed a video of their new single. That was the encore, and I was like, "What?" And then I went, "The guy's seventy-five. He just did ninety minutes where he ran around like a lunatic and screamed and sang and jumped around." I'm not going to begrudge him that he didn't come out and do one more song. You know, um, it was, it was really good. I love the Van Halen thing. Michael Anthony did, um, went all the way back 
to Ain't Talking About Love from the first Van Halen album and just did a real, real quick, this is for you, Eddie. And he sang it and it was, it was great. So for me as a Van Halen fan, I loved it. I loved the show. It was just, it was fun. And I'm, but I'm just watching these guys going, man, I'm not even, I'm not even close to 75 or 72 and I'm barely making it. And these guys are up there. There's something to be said for excessive alcohol, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Cause these guys are still smoking it out at, uh, at their age. It's crazy. Uh, would you recommend it? Yeah. If you like, if you, if you like Sammy Hagar, if you like Van Halen, uh, yes, I would recommend. Now, Chris has seen him a number of times and said it was not the best show because they opened up with a new song mm. and the, the, the sound was awful on this new oh, song. Oh. The first song was just like, Oh my God, what, this is a train wreck. And the video wasn't working. It was just, it, it, everything was for the first four minutes. It was a nightmare where you're like, Ugh. and then the second song got a little better. The video was still, and then pound cake came and Sammy smacked his ass and the whole thing just uh, took off from there. Nice. So yeah, and I listen. Just the George Thorogood part of it alone was uh, was terrific. So yeah, I'd say it. No, you know, there were a couple times Sammy's voice was a little, eh, but he made mention that they had done a show the night before. So if he's doing back to back shows at ninety minutes a pop at seventy five years old, I, you know, I'll cut him some slack for his yeah. voice being off a little bit. Yeah, it was still it was still fun. That these kind of shows are nostalgia shows you know i had vivid memories of when i heard these songs the first time it brought back it brought back really good feelings of the old days um there was nothing cutting edge about it it was just here's rock and roll here's songs you know uh some happy banter that you know was the same banter the night before and was the same banter the night after but that was fun. my only thing is Sammy spends a lot of time signing stuff during the show. During the show? Yeah, people will throw things up like hats or shirts or something, and he'll put them on and he'll do a song in them. And then he goes back by the drum and he signs them and he throws them back out. And it's it's all integrated into the thing. But I was like, it bothered me a little because I saw Van Halen once in Los Angeles uh, when he was on it. And that tour, they had incorporated a little pit in the middle where people paid extra to just be in this like, cauldron of hell at the front of the stage and they just laid around the lip of this thing and sang to the people in the hole. And I was like, this is garbage. And Eddie was, Eddie was at a point where he was looking really bad. He looked like Skeletor and he's shirtless doing pull-ups on the side of the stage when other people are doing stuff. And then that was the show where I've talked about it before, where like they were starting to incorporate Wolfie into the show and he laid on stage and kind of birthed Wolfie. It was, it was a cluster. So, so now okay. I see Sammy signing stuff and I'm like, just go stand by the merch tent at the end, you know, sit in a wheelchair by the merch tent. You can sign things all night, dude. So yeah, I'd recommend it. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> your, your spouse did not join you for this. Decided to go. Uh... My spouse uh, was all gung ho about seeing this show till about a week ago. And then I was like, hey, Sammy's next week. Because, you know, these, this is one of the shows you get tickets like the day before. Because mm -hmm. we could have sat on the lawn. We sat inside in the pavilion this time. Oh. Yeah, wow. it was only 
Well, it was $4 more. And Chris has been having trouble with his foot. So we didn't want to stand on the hill. Mm, yeah. So we were inside. I got to tell you, lovely leg room in the pavilion. So the money save, there was no, sig no significant difference in the cost of the ticket, except for when Live Nation gets involved, bends you over and uh, unceremoniously bones you in the behind to take 1950 for a $29 ticket. I told you what happened with the cult and the fees, right? I think so. Remind. Oh, Icebag John refused to go until he could uh, confirm that he wouldn't have to pay the fee. And he walked into the Riviera Theater, and you could buy tickets at the box office only the day of. Okay. So he showed up with me to the show. He didn't know he was going until a half hour before the show because that's when he was able to get someone on the phone to confirm that he could buy a ticket and not have to pay the $16 ticket master fee. <sighs> Pretty cool. But I that's can't it. say I blame him. Yeah, it's annoying. I that's can't say I blame him. That's but... Yeah, so it was not. It was it was great to go out. Oh, so Debbie just automatically decided she she was like, "No, I don't want to go." I said, "Are you sure?" Yeah, I'm tired. I you know I, I just as soon stay home. So she stayed home with the dogs and sat on the couch and drank wine and watched some TV. And um, but then I feel bad about going because I'm like, oh, I shouldn't go by myself and you know have fun. But she was probably having more fun here with me gone than she would have had, you know, yeah, you, no, drinking you beers in the car with me. You didn't feel bad about that. I did till I got there. <laughs> She's a grown woman. She is a grown woman. She's a grown woman. She can do what she wants. Yeah, same as my she wife. Has, uh, yeah, she come? has right. full autonomy over her uh, body and her choices and, and her musical taste. Not so. in Texas. No. That's why I'm trying to move to Texas or Louisiana or Idaho, somewhere sensible, somewhere where women know their place. Wisconsin is actually a better bet than Indiana. Austin. I just go to Indiana. I'll go back oh, to our, our first apartment. Perfect. I love That'd it. Be, that would be great. Well, I'm glad that we both got some musical stylings this weekend, even if I don't know what band I saw or whether it was the headliner. But, uh, you know. It sounds like you must have seen Seventh Heaven with the 30 and 30. It does sound like that. Because I'm telling you, that's one, two, three, four. That's the fifth thing on their big bio that and they're famous for the 30 for 30. Well, it's what they end with, right? So it's. Yeah. And what time was this? It was like nine or nine. thirty. Oh, they were ended. That was it. You saw you saw Seventh Heaven. And they closed with their. Yes. In Lombard. A fair. You know. Well, yeah, so you saw, you saw them. You saw their big – you saw the closer. You caught I, them for their closer. I cannot wait to tell my wife this. This makes it even that more is, funny. I, yeah, now that you sat through the 30 for 30 without even knowing it. Unreal. Well, uh, I right. have something to promote this week almost. Please, let's of. do it. Let's promote it up before we get out of here. I Two weeks ago, my uh, colleague, my friend John Martin, and I recorded an episode of Game Life Balance U.S., how long has the hiatus been? Three years. Wow. Yep. First video game podcast in three years. I have not had time to edit and post it yet. So <laughs> we are recording again tomorrow. Oh, you're going to have two episodes recorded before I have a chance to even listen back to them, edit them, and post them. So look for, but look for Game Life Balance US. 
yeah. American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast sometime in September. Breaking news. No one knows this. Not even the people who subscribe. Only you. If you're into video games, which you definitely are not if you're oh, listening I to this show. Uh, <laughs> if you're into video games, check it out. It's on your favorite podcast apps like Spotify and all that garbage that I don't care about because I was triggered so hard by Ben Shapiro. I don't even remember what a podcast is. Yeah, I don't even know if we should be doing a podcast anymore now that we know Ben Shapiro was involved in podcasts. Yeah. He's tainted the whole the whole thing. There's definitely a lot of tainting going on. I don't... <laughs> And I don't want to be near Ben Shapiro's taint. <laughs> Absolutely not. On that note, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, putting up with it. Tell your friends, like, follow, do all that. Do this, do that. Cody, it was good to have you back. Uh, Roger tried to do the last word last week. He, he did okay, but he it wasn't like you. Okay. All right. Bye.